Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. The very first time today, we say, first of all, where have you been? Where have you been? You've missed the greatest church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we just want to tell you, welcome home to the family. Welcome to the family. And we're excited about that. But we're going to pray right now. Come on, dear Heavenly Father God, we just pray that you would touch our hearts. We pray that, God, you would minister to our hearts right now because we have nothing. We are nothing without you. But, God, with you, everything changes. God, with you, God, life comes. With you, healing comes. With you, breakthroughs come. With you, miracles come. And we thank you, God, that only God, only you are able to do that and do it right now in our hearts. We would not leave the same way we came. In Jesus' name, come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, high-five two people around you and say, only God, only God, only God. Wow, if I, if I would have thought about what happened today, I would have put myself at 9 o'clock and let Jerry preach at 11. Because, man, try to follow that. Anyone know why I call him Jim Jerry now? Is it, It's just like he, he's that sanctified, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled Jim Carrey. And, and he's fantastic with that. But you know what a phenomenal weekend that we've had. Two of my other friends on Friday night. You didn't just hear from my friends. I believe you heard from God on Friday night. And if you've missed any of that this week, we're going to be posting them on podcast and some CDs are available from every one of the services. But we believe as a result of this conference that your life will never be the same. That your life will never be the same again. And why can we make that claim? Because only God can do that. And that's the God that we serve. Come on, say with me, only God. God. If we would look at history and we would mention particular names, we would be able to remember or have a feeling that would be connected to those particular individuals that has changed the course of this world. Like, for example, if we were to mention Thomas Edison, quite a bright guy, you know what I'm saying? And, and we know what happened with him. Einstein, Albert to his friends, you know, he was a good, good guy. What about this one, Mother Teresa? Touched so many people's life was so impactful and totally surrendered. Winston Churchill, another one I know famous in England that pretty much turned the course of history at that particular time. And here's for some of you shallow ones in here, Michael Jordan. You know know that feeling, you know. But we can look at those people, we can hear those names and we can automatically feel something, we can sense something. But in the same way, it can be villains, it can be people of the past too that we know are not good. And we hear of them, such people like Adolf Hitler, and others that persecuted so many people and took so many lives. And, and that, that feeling that wells up inside of us, how did that happen? Why? There's no way that feelings come. Thoughts and feelings come as the result of names that we hear and names that we recall. But I want to know today, what stirs inside of you when you hear the name of Jesus? 
Come on, I want to know what feeling you get when you hear the name of Jesus. Unfortunately, let's be honest, it's both good and bad for people today. It should be good because God is all good. Anyone with me? He is all good. But unfortunately, he's been packaged the wrong way. Been misrepresented. So therefore, people think he's a bad God. They think he's a not a good God. A lot of people judge God too soon. Did you know that? The Bible says this. I don't have it on the screen. Just believe me. It says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy's coming in the morning. A lot of people judge God too soon. A lot of people don't make it through the night to the joy that's coming in the morning because they give up in midstream of what God wants to do. Listen to me, if you haven't arrived yet, you never will if you stop. So you've got to keep going. If God hasn't come through for you like you think he should, keep on pressing on, keep on pressing on. Why? Because joy's coming in the morning. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, joy's coming in the morning. But Jesus is more than just a name. He's more than just a name because in his name, we have access into everything that life needs to be victorious. The greatest life obtainable comes through the name of Jesus. A large life, a full of potential life, a blessed life beyond what you could ever imagine comes. Come on, he's more than just a name. There's power in that name. There's victory in that name. There's peace. Come on, I wish you'd help me preach in the house today. Come on, his name has to be foundational to our ability to live the big abundant life that God wants us to have. Why? Because there's no other name like the name of Jesus. Say with me, only God. Come on, he's your Jesus. He's your friend. He's your help. He's your direction He's your support. He's your life. You may say, uh, no, not yet. Well, today he can be. Because we don't want anyone leaving here without Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. And we want you to know what Jesus wants to be and bring to each and every one of your lives. Come on, Jesus. 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 John 10.10 tells us this. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to Destroy, that's all the enemy offers. He wants to kill, destroy, and take from us. He wants to rob us. Rob us of what? Of the purpose that God came to bring us. What was Christ's purpose? Why did Jesus come? He said, I want to come to give you a rich and satisfying life. The King James says an abundant life, more than enough, a surplus. Come on, God wants to give us a great life. And maybe you haven't, considered much about the power of the name of Jesus. But it's essential if we want to reach the potential and the destination that God has for every one of us. Why? Because we're all on a journey in life. We're all on a pathway. And Jesus is very clear about the pathway that we need to be on because he says in John 14 verse 6, he says, I am the way. He says, I am the truth. And I am The life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Only God. Only Jesus is the way. Now understand why Jesus has said this. Actually, Jesus is answering a question. Jesus has just told his disciples to not let your heart be troubled. Have you ever had your heart troubled? Maybe you're there right now. Just circumstances and situations come. And one day Jesus is talking to his disciples and said, Don't be bothered by what you see. Don't let your heart be troubled. Because he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. He said, and one day I'm going to come back 
for you. Well, Thomas, here he is. Thomas said, well, hold on a second. Look what he says in verse 5. Lord, we do not know where you are going. God, where are you going? You're going to prepare a place, but where are you going? And how can we know that way? And that's when Jesus replies. He says, you're looking at the way. Because he says, there's not a way, there's the way. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. What way do I go, pastor? The way. The way of Christ. We've tried it our way. Come on, I said we've tried it our way. You know, when you read that particular scripture, that can offend certain people because they don't like the exclusive claims that it makes because it's very clear it doesn't say a way a truth or an a life it's the way the truth the life you know I've used this illustration before but if I was to say to you man we need to leave this room and we need to leave by a door we've got one two three four different options that you have right now but this isn't an option It's saying the door. I would say we're going to leave by the door over there. And that would mean what? Everyone has to go through one way. You see, Jesus is not a way. He's one way. Only God. And many times we hear this today. Come on, in the society we live today, here's what we hear. Come on. People say, but there are many ways. There are many ways. And you know, there's truth to that statement because there are many ways. In fact, here's perhaps the most popular way that man has found. Proverbs 12 verse 14 verse 12. There is a way that seems right to man, but you're not going to like where it takes you. I said you're not going to like the destination because it's taking you to a place of death. Come on, it's a perfect pathway for man. It feels right. It feels good. It, It satisfies my feelings and my appetites and my desires. So it has to be the right way. Come on, your feelings will lie to you. Because that's a way, that's not the way. But so many of us are going along a way, but it's going to end up in a pathway of death. Here's something else I'm going to tell you today. Are you ready? All paths do not lead back to God. Well, if we just go this way, one day we're all going to find God. We're just searching and we're just going a different... No, no, that's a lie of the enemy. Because the enemy wants us to go our own way because he knows what's the end of our way. Come on, think about this. The enemy doesn't take us down a pathway and show us gloom, doom and despair. But he shows us happiness, peace, popularity and everyone's going to love you. Anyone remember the old aspirins that you used to have to take? Man, I hated taking medicine when I was a kid because I couldn't swallow pills. I could swallow candy, but when I got pills in my mouth, I like freaked up and I felt like I had rabies. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You're foaming at the mouth and it's like disgusting. My mum used to have to grind them up. She used to have to put them in a spoon. I had to chug down. It was a nightmare. And every time I got them, I thought, man, Advil came out with candy coated. Come on, man, you can put them in your mouth for like five minutes and suck them. They're pretty good. And that's how man wants to be. You see, he doesn't want it to turn our mouth. He wants us to, oh, this is kind of nice. I'm kind of liking this way. And then we'll progress along till we finally realize we're on the wrong place. And that's the trap that the enemy's pulled many of us into. Because it's a way, it's not the way. You see, Jesus never said he would be a tour director. Jesus never said he would be the traffic policeman for our way to know God. He said he is the way. And I'm glad about that today. Because I don't have to wonder. I don't have to lay in my bed and wonder, am I really saved? 
I mean, is this really the truth? I can know for sure that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And by the way, if you get mad at me for this, I didn't write it. I'm just the messenger. I'm just bringing out what God's Word clearly says. And I'm just relaying the message to each and every one of you. But listen to me today. Look at this. Our path to knowing God is found only through Jesus. But the gospel message is inclusive, not exclusive. You see, people don't like that claim because they think it's exclusive. But no, the gospel message is actually inclusive. What do I mean by that? Look at this, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you, who are weary and carry a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. What's the invitation from Jesus? Come unto me, all. Come on, help me out in the house. All. Come on, everybody. There was no exceptions. There was no blackout dates. No small print. Jesus said, if you would come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. And he said, I will give you rest. I'm glad he said, come as you are. I'm glad he didn't say, clean your act out, sort yourself out, change your mouth, put those things down. Why? Because I've tried that and it doesn't work. But only God can do a miracle in my life. So I come as I am and allow him to restore me. I allow him to fix me and I allow him to change my life. And I'm thankful for that today. I'm so thankful for that. Because the invitation says, come men and women. It says, come Jew and Gentile. It says, come rich and poor. Come young and old. Come sick and well. Everyone is invited to accept the gift of grace by confessing the one and only name of Jesus. So look at this. While Jesus declares that he is the only Way exclusive. He opens his way up to all who would call upon his name. Inclusive. Everyone is able to come to Christ. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever will call on only God, Jesus, the way, the truth, the life, salvation will come. That's Inclusive, not exclusive. Yes, one way, but the way available to anyone, which is good news. You know, the gospel means good news. That's the gospel. It's good news. It's the good news of the gospel. So what's in a name? What's in a name? I remember being at school. At school, most of the time, they'll use your surname, your last name. So I've heard that name Pimlot so many times. I've been in class, Pimlot, present here. Put your hand up and said that many times. I wonder how many times you've answered to your name throughout your life. Have you ever thought about that? I know for some of you, like you haven't answered enough because you just don't listen to me and you need to pay attention. I know. But I remember also P wasn't always the greatest letter to have when you were going alphabetically. Because that meant you had to wait quite a long time because that was one of the last to be called. Thank God for S, but P was close to it. So what's the take on your name? Maybe you're proud of your name today. Maybe you're proud of the heritage that it represents. I'll tell you what, I'm proud of my name. I'm proud of the name Pimlot because God has blessed our families. Let me say that God has blessed our families so richly. Most of my cousins on my dad's side, every one of my cousins are saved in church. 
living for God. My aunts and uncles are all saved, living for God. Our families serving all over the world. I look at the heritage that my parents have taught me. I'm a generous person today because I saw generosity. I'm in church today because that was the option that I had. There was one option in my house, church or church. (laughs) Huh? Church or church. Or maybe a second one, or I'll put you to hell right now, boy. (laughs) But that was the options that we have, and I thank God for that. I thank God for my name, our family. We're healthy. Very few people in our family are sick. I'm thankful for our family. Man, we are so superly good looking. I mean, an incredible family. So humble and so meek. But you know, God has blessed us. Most people would look at my family, and we've heard it so many times, and say, wow, you just like glow. You look so vibrant. So I'm so thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for my name and for the family and what God has given me. But maybe today your name is a different story. Your name brings shame. Your name brings pain and regret. It's been a tough journey. Your name's a tough one. What it represents and what you wish you could change. In a nutshell, here's what our name really carries. There's three key things that our name carries. And that is this, credibility, reputation and authority. Credibility with a name. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's not great. When there's a great reputation, it goes before you. That's good, but a bad reputation will go further ahead. Authority, it possesses authority. Certain things with names. You know how it is with your kids. Um, Go and tell your brother and sister, clean the room. They're probably not going to listen to them. They're going to come back and say they didn't listen to me. So what do you say? Go and tell them mum or dad told you to clean. There's authority in the name. We can have authority in our name. And you may say today, I've got great credibility, I've got great reputation, authority. You may be on the other side and say, I wish my name had credibility, reputation and authority. But listen to me today. No matter how great your name may be, your name still has limitations. It can't get you access everywhere. I can't go into certain places and say Pimlot and just get in. They're going to check the list and they're going to say, who are you? And it doesn't get us automatic access into everything. Now, look at this. Unfortunately, we too often try to live according to the limitations of our name. We live according to the limitations of our name rather than understanding the hope that we have in his name. Come on, what hope do you have in his name? Are you ready? Here's the scripture. Acts 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by what we must be saved. Man, that's hope for me right now. In the name of Jesus, there's hope for my life. It's not in my name, Pimlot, but it's in the name of Jesus. I have hope in the name of Jesus. Come on, what we have, not in our name, but in His name, there's hope, there's salvation for you today. You may say, well, you don't know me, Pastor. No, but I know him. And I know the name that's above 
every other name. Here's what else is in the name of Jesus. Are you ready? There's victory today in the name of Jesus. I can look at the limitations of my name, but there's victory in the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 and 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and under the earth and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. What a victory, not in my name. Not in my name. As great as it may be, I can't have that access and that victory, but there's victory in the name. I said there is victory in the name that every knee will bow. I'm telling you right now, every knee has already bowed. (laughs) There's power that we have in the name. Ephesians 1.21, now he, Jesus, is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Man, that's a name. That's a, that's a powerful name right now. There's nothing greater in this world and there's nothing greater in any other world. There's nothing greater than the power. What a power. Not in my name. But I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, when we begin to speak that name, things happen. God moves. Come on, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I call out to Jesus and I realize I'm surrounded, God, by you. Come on, what a promise we have in the name of Jesus. I said, what a promise we have. Hebrews 6.13, when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it up to the hilt. Putting his own reputation on the line, he said, I promise that I will bless you with everything that I have. Bless, bless, and bless. I like that today. What a promise I have. Not in my name, but in the name of Jesus. God says, I will bless you with everything that I have. He's got it all. I said, he's got it all. And God says, I'm not just going to bless you. He said, I'm going to bless, bless, bless you. I'm going to take care of your life. My name can't do that. Hate to break your bubble, but your name can't do that either. (laughs) So here's the question. What name are you trusting in today? You trusting in you? You trusting in your strength? You trusting in your abilities? Or are you trusting in the name of Jesus? I'm telling you right now, my hope, my victory, my power, my promise. (laughs) What I have is entirely different, (laughs) in a different name. And it's on a completely separate level when Jesus is the one that I'm trusting in. So what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Instead of feeling the limitations and assuming we cannot do things, you and I today need to remind ourselves that He has made us and empowered us and through Him You can do all things. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. Through Christ. What? Through Christ. In Christ. Through His name. Through His power. Not my strength, but through His ability. I can do all things through who? Christ. Only God. Through Him. There's a fullness that can only be entered into through His name. I like what David said. I love David. David's one of my favorite Bible characters. He really is because he definitely wasn't perfect, but God still used him anyway. 
And what do we see about David over and over again? He knew how to repent and fall on his face. He knew how to come clean with God. And he said, search me, O God, and know my thoughts and my ways. Well, that's pretty big right there. And he said, make sure if there's anything in there that's not right, God, I want you to remove that because I need you to cleanse me. I like David. I said, I like David. But look what David said in 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-seven. He said, you enlarge my path under me so my feet do not slip. Let me say that one more time. You are enlarging my path under me. Do you feel restricted right now? Do you feel like you're just holding on for dear life? God says, hold on a second because I want to begin to enlarge your path under you. You don't have to fall. You don't have to slip. You don't have to mess up. If you're standing on your name, it's pretty restrictive. But God says, take a step onto my name because I want to enlarge. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to enlarge. God wants to enlarge. One translation says this. Are you ready? God says, I've made my, your path wide. So I don't have to fall and I don't have to slip. Jump forward to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14 says this. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. That's not the broad way that we're talking about. That's not what God wants to enlarge under us. The Bible says there are many who go in by that way. But narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. Notice it didn't say narrow is the way. It said narrow is the gate and difficult and straight is the way. We think a narrow gate means a narrow way. Come on. When you step through the cross, you step into a whole new horizon of what God has for each and every one of us. That's God enlarging the pathway under your feet as you step through the cross and through Christ. And he said, which leads to life and there are few who find it. Narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way. Look at this. The way to Jesus may be a narrow gate. It may be a difficult path. But it's not to restrict your life. It's to liberate your life. Come on. God's not about restricting your life. God's about liberating your life. Through the life and power that we can now access, I'm telling you, through God is out of this world. That's why in 2 Samuel 22, that's what Jesus is talking, David is talking about. You see, back then, David was just talking about a promise. Jesus hadn't been given yet. He was just talking ahead of a promise. But we have the promise right now. Come on, the promise has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, and the life. And because of Him, what an incredible picture we now see in what David is saying. Look at it again. That now my pathway is enlarged under my feet so I don't have to stumble. I don't have to fall. That's the faithfulness and blessing of God. Because I don't deserve blessing. I don't deserve God to do it. But God says, I'm going to begin to do it right under you. I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless your home. I'm going to bless your finances. I'm going to bless you in every area. I'm enlarging. What the enemy has tried to restrict and make you believe you're a has-been. That you've blown every chance. God says, look, under you I'm doing something. I'm building a pathway. I'm building a roadway. You may say, oh, pastor, that's good for you, but that's not for me. You know this, God made you an oath too. I said, God made you a promise too. In fact, this word is a promise book. It's a book of promises for you and I. You see, in the Bible times, when they had an oath and someone made an oath, 
they were going to buy something or whatever, there was an oath that was made, they would have to find someone that had more authority than them, with more power than themselves, like a promissory, a co-signer. They had someone that would sign on their behalf. For what reason? Why? Because the oath was binding. And therefore, the higher authority then became responsible should the promise not be kept. So if I said, I'm going to buy that house and I promise, I got someone of higher authority to stamp that, to approve that. For why? If I failed, they would pay on my behalf. That's the oath. That's the promise. Now look at this from Hebrews 6, 13 and 19. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently. That's the problem right there, isn't it? In the waiting. We give up too soon. But Abraham waited patiently. And what did he receive? Everything that God had promised. Why God didn't swear by someone else. He swore by himself. Because there was no one greater than him. He didn't need someone to back up what he said. He was able to do it just for himself. Come on. And God gave him the promise. And here it is again, look. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, the oath is binding. But God himself bound himself with an oath. Come on, God chose to bind himself with an oath, a promise to who? To you, to me. Come on, so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would Never change his mind. Man, I love that today. If you want to say amen in this message, that's a good place there. Because I'm glad God's not looking at me when I do some wrong things and changing his mind about me. Come on, his promises are still available for me. Come on, his promises are still there. God ain't changing his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable. Because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have what? Fled to Him, come to Him for refuge, can have great confidence and hold on to the hope that is before us. Come on, we're holding on to the hope of God, to His promise, to His blessing, not in my name and what I am, but what He is. And the hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for your soul. When the storms come and the trials come, come on, His promise, His oath, His blessing that He's going to be will hold you still and it will lead us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil, the curtain, was ripped in two. Why? At that time, man couldn't access the presence of God. You had to be a specific priest born into that line, that lineage to have access into that. But God says, no more. My promise wasn't limited for mankind. My promise was, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord has the ability to be saved. And God says this, I've separated, I've broke through the curtain that now you can enter in to my fullness. Man, I wish I had time to preach this today. But what an oath, what a promise God has given To each and every one of us. And He had to give it to us because of our sin nature. 
sin nature that we have in each and every one of our lives because there was a gap created between God and mankind. There was a permanent separation. Nothing we could do was good enough. So God says, let me be good enough. And he sent the spotless lamb. He sent his son, Jesus, to be the bridge for us. That we could be reconciled, brought back to God, restored, redeemed. That which was lost and that which was taken can be joined back to Him. And God made an oath by what? By His name. I said by His name. Have you ever thought about this? Why don't we blaspheme the name Allah? Why don't we blaspheme the name Buddha? It's amazing how people want to put damned after the name of Jesus. Because that's a lie, because he ain't about damning people. He's about blessing people and restoring people and building lives. But I'm telling you right now, there's a reason why the world blasphemes the name of Jesus. Why? Because Satan wants his name to be belittled. He wants his name to be of no meaning, of no influence. Come on, you don't say, oh, Allah. Oh, Buddha. It's because the enemy knows this. Are you ready? There's power in the name of Jesus. And if he can take the name of Jesus out of your mouth as a praise, as a thanksgiving, and put it in as blasphemy, come on, he is succeeding in everything that he does. I'm telling you right now, you ready? Here's, here's me. Here's a big pet peeve of mine. I don't believe as children of God that you should say the name of Jesus in any other way except in praise and glory and honor to God. Come on, right now, seriously. I don't think you should say, oh my God, because you're not saying it like, oh my God is great and praise. You're like saying it is, oh my God, like What? I think you need to be careful what you say. And you can look at me crazy all you want, but I don't care what society is telling us right now. Society wants to belittle the name of Jesus, but he's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my strong tower. He's my God in whom I... What say? Come on, he ain't damning no one. What a confession people make when they say those words together. How dare they? What a lie. What a lie. And you know, when people say the name of Jesus in front of me, I say, you know what? That's a great name. You should check him out sometime. That's what I say to people. They'll say something like, oh, that's, that's my friend. Say, I say something like that. Oh, man, you're talking about my friend. Why? Because people need to realize he's more than a blasphemous word that comes off of my mouth. Come on, he's our redeemer. He's our savior. He's the one that was sent by God. Only Jesus. Only God. God had to make an oath by His name because there is no other name higher. Come on, you have no rival. You have no equal. And it's not even close. You know what I'm saying? It's not even close. You you can't even be in the same room with that. It's so far removed. So far removed. You know, Satan thought he could take the praise and he could take the glory and God just kind of flicked him out of heaven. That's all it took. He was sent to this earth and crashed down because he thought he could steal the power. And we like to think that Satan is so powerful and so mighty 
And that's what he wants us to believe. But I'm telling you, the Bible tells us different because the Bible says that the devil's walking around and he's like a roaring lion. Come on, he ain't no lion. He's just like it. And if you want to say he's a lion, that's okay because all he can do is roar because he can't bite because on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago, Jesus kicked his teeth out. Come on, he kicked him in the mouth. Said, you ain't going to bite no more. So what is he? He's the appearance of. He's the appearance of power. He's the appearance of authority. But God says, I don't have to find someone else to make an oath. I'm going to make an oath by myself. Because there's no greater authority than me. There's no greater power than me. You ready for a drum roll? Come on, give me a drum roll. His name gives us access into the things of God. (laughs) You may say, well, what's the things of God? What do you need? Come on, you're struggling right now? You need peace? There's peace in God. In fact, He's not just peace as a giver. He's peace as a person because he's the prince of peace. If you were able to divide God into a billion pieces, every piece would be peace. Because peace isn't what he gives. Peace is who he is. Come on. What do you need access into right now? You may be struggling right now in your mind. You're beat up. Your emotions are kind of out of whack. Guess what? He's your comfort. He's your strength. His name gives you access into everything. When you don't know what to pray. Here's a good one. You ready? Jesus. Come on, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. I told you this story about a month ago, six weeks ago. We're going home from church. I'm following Kelly. And she's on the outside lane. I'm on the inside lane. That's a rare thing that I'm following her. Normally people, where's Jim? Me and Jim had a race to church today. It was fun. Only plan, only plan. I'm following Kelly. And seriously, she is like about three car lengths ahead of me. I'm on the inside lane. She's on the outside lane. And a car pulls right out in front of me. Kelly was there. She sees the car coming out, knows that I'm way behind. And she probably knows, she she always says, anyone thank God for your wife? Because I would be dead if it wasn't for Kelly. She says, how do you drive without me in the car? Because she puts her foot up on the dash and grabs and screams and hollers. She says, I don't know how you make it. But she's thinking, "He, he probably ain't paying attention right now. And there's trouble. Tony, I was paying attention, but there was still trouble. That car was right in front of me. I hit the brakes and my car wishbone and went and, and, and I skidded right into the other lane. Can I tell you, as soon as I stopped, a car flew right past me. I didn't have time to say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. I don't have time to sing Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. Come on, I didn't have to, time to say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come on, I didn't have time to do all this kind of stuff that people do wrongly anyway. But I did have time to do something. Jesus! Come on. Come on. His name gives you access into everything that you need. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to confess. I believe this. You need to speak the name of Jesus. Because you know what happens? The devil's got to start giving back to you the things that he's taken from you. Come on, Jesus, that's mine. Come on, we've got to start claiming our families back. We've got to start claiming our health back. We've got to start claiming our future back. Come on, in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, that name gives us access into the miraculous, supernatural. Beyond my name, beyond my capabilities, beyond my reputation, beyond my authority, my credibility, it's the name of Jesus. That's why every time I pray, I end my prayer this way. Are you ready? In the name of Jesus. Amen. Because really what I'm ending my prayer by is this. Jesus, I may have prayed some selfish stuff and I may have prayed some stuff out of your will. But I'm saying, God, in the name of Jesus, you know what I need. You know what I want. You know you can separate the difference and you can provide the right things for my life. But I'm so proud to always say in the name of Jesus. Because it's according to his name. And not, not my name. His name takes us beyond the barricades. It takes us beyond the limitations. You hear your name and people are like, oh yeah, I know. It takes us beyond that. Because I'm telling you right now, he's given you a new name. Come on, there's a new name written down in glory. Come on, I, I, I like that. I, I may be wrong, Pastor Jerry, for preaching that theology, but I believe that. Come on, he's not just talking about another name, like a new name on the list. I believe that he's written a new name down because you ain't what you were. Come on, do you know what I'm saying? You, 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 the Bible says, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. The, the Bible says the old is gone and the new has come. Come on, I used to be a cheat. I used to be a thief, but he's given me a new name. I used to be in bondage and I used to to be depressed, but he's given me a new name. I used to be bound, but now I'm free. He's given me a new name. <laughs> I'm God's kid. Come on, I'm not, I'm not Pimlot anymore. Come on, I'm Philip Jesus. Come on now. Come on, you, you got a new name. The name of Jesus. Come on, I've got to close. You be, band, you better come back. If not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going all day. My lame has limitations. And so does yours. So if we only live according to our authority and our influence, our name, there's always going to be limitations. You're always going to come up short. You're always going to come up short. And that's why today and always our hope has to come through the name of Jesus. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says the name of the Lord. Come on, it's a strong fortified tower. The righteous, come on, that's my new name. I'm the righteous in Christ Jesus. Come on, I can run into Christ and I can be saved. I can be saved. You, you know the thought, and I've got to stop preaching some people need to get on a cruise. The thought is this. Are you ready? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. That the righteous come in and they are safe. What does that mean? God wants to lift us up. He wants to put us above our problems. The tower, take us above our circumstances, our situations, our past life and our struggles and our pain. The name of the Lord wants to lift us to safety and to blessing. And I'm so glad today that his name is strong, but yet tender. I'm so glad today that his name is fierce, but yet gentle. I'm so thankful today that his name is trustworthy and secure, powerful and merciful. And I thank God in his name, there is the declaration 
of limitless ability that could go on and on for eternity. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. Come on, all over this place, would you just stand to your feet right now? Come on, it's the name of Jesus. Only God.